0: Hello, and welcome to the uh, first episode of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic, bud. It's great to get this going. I'm psyched.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is something we've been talking about for a while now, it seems like, and uh, I'm really excited to to get it started and and just to bring some more Dynasty content to to our listeners.
1: Yeah, and... You know, I mean, for those that don't know, I've been at ESPN now for the last 10 years and I'm I'm done now after the first of the year. I've been doing a lot of different things and I've been getting pounded really on Twitter. Hey, when are you guys going to talk more Dynasty? I want to hear more Dynasty. And I've been it's an outlet I've been wanting to do for a long time. And now we can do it our way. We can do whatever we want to do. And I'm really excited about it. Really fired up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um well, for those who do not know, again, I'm Ryan McDowell. I'm a staff writer at Dynasty League Football, and I also do a little work at Roto World as well. Um, I think most people know Matt already, but just really quickly, Matt, if you want to throw out some uh, some information about yourself.
1: Yeah, like I said, I've been at ESPN the last 10 years. Um, living in Pittsburgh. Before that, I was a scout for the Browns. Before that, I was a director of football ops at Akron, and I did three years at Pitt. Help recruit guys like Darrell Rivas and Flacco and Larry Fitzgerald. And so that era. So and we'll get into all our life stories later down the line, but there's just so much to talk about now. I'm excited to dive in and, and talk a little football. Um, we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, obviously, but that's going to be probably our next show. We're going to really talk serious football, Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, it's a huge game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We uh, We really have the best of both worlds right now for for us dynasty players because the dynasty offseason is underway. We're looking forward to uh, rookie drafts and and the NFL combine, a lot of the things that encompass the offseason. Yet we still have obviously some very meaningful meaningful football going on. So it's a great time of year.
1: Yeah, it really is. And you know, for some people and we'll get into this a little bit too. I mean, people out there might just be listening because hey, they listen to me on football today or they don't know a lot about dynasty and are wanting to learn, you know, and, and you'll probably even do a better job of explaining this to me or explaining this to the people, but Dynasty's year-round. I mean, that's the beauty of it. I mean, if your team was junk this year, now all of a sudden it's like, I can trade again, the trade deadline's gone. I'm going to start worrying about my rookie picks. I got a lot to think about. You know, what did how did guys perform in the NFL playoffs? and Does that help or hurt my team? So really, I mean, that, that's my favorite part about Dynasty is, it's really a combination of real football, which, you know, is my background, obviously, and scouting and whatnot, and talent evaluation, and, you know, what what teams fit in, you know, the Eagles hired Peterson as their head coach. How does that affect this and that? You know, How does this affect every player on the team? And then it goes with, you know, a, a much like a, a redraft type of deal, too. But redraft, to me, has gotten very boring, and Dynasty is so much more thought and so much more in-depth. I love it.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah, do too. Okay. Um and and that's actually one thing I wanted to to dive into a little bit was the um just just what is dynasty? When you mentioned this uh the idea of this podcast on Twitter several days ago, I saw several people responding to you and uh, a couple questions that I saw people asking I, I wanted to touch on quickly. One just that first question, what is dynasty? How is it different than than redraft leagues that that so many people play in? So, like you said, the year round activity for me is, is the huge difference. And that's also the huge appeal. Um, if you're in a redraft league, it comes week 13 and you don't make the playoffs. You're done. Your season's over and, and you're waiting until August or September to, to really do anything else. And um, with dynasty, if you love, you know, building your team, you love following football. It really never stops. It is uh, year round 365 days a year. And uh, and sometimes even twenty four hours a day for us fanatics.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man, and you know, kind of obviously daily fantasy sweeping the world. But I think dynasties growing very quickly too because people want more than redraft. You know, like you said, you have a bad draft, or two or three guys get hurt. You know, like I drafted Arian Foster and Dion Lewis and Keenan Allen, and before I knew it, they were all done, and my redraft league was over. And but meanwhile, if that happens to your dynasty team, and Also, dynasty leagues have a lot more roster spots generally because you're grooming guys and keeping them for later as they develop, um, taking long shots on them. But if your team's bad, all of a sudden you become a seller. You know, Hey, I got this older guy sitting on that I plan plan on starting for weeks and weeks. I'm going to trade him for draft picks to a contender. So you can always be very, very active. And and I don't know your philosophy, but I'm about the most active owner in every league I'm in. I'm in five leagues. One of which was with you, where we met, you were the commissioner of, and your team's really strong. I took over a garbage team there and started to build it up. But, you know, I think the more active you are, generally it yields good results, too. I mean, the, the dynasty owners that sit on their hands generally do not do well.
0: Right, right. It it really does require that uh, that investment of time and, and energy into making trades, uh, watching the waiver wire, making sure um, – the other owners in the league are not not getting a leg up on you you have you have to pay attention you have to follow your team and, and every team to to have that level of success
1: yeah and the last note I want to make about it too we'll and we'll explain what dynasty is more and more I and mean, this is such an introductory show but it's not a keeper league the keeper league is different than dynasty the keeper league is hey I got 15 roster spots and I get to keep three guys should I keep Gronk or Julio or like no I mean, that's not dynasty you know I mean that, that that's that's a different animal that's much much easier um we're not going to talk about those type of things too much or take tweets of you know should i keep julio or gronk type of deals i mean we're talking much deeper much more in depth much more football knowledge and i can't wait again i'm very very excited
0: well you mentioned that we we wouldn't talk too much keeper but um to answer that second question i i noticed um we will be talking some real football. So uh, the primary focus of our show, every show, will be Dynasty Leagues and and the strategy and, and uh, all, all the things that go along with that. But we will also hit on some real football, especially over the next week or so with the Super Bowl coming up.
1: Oh, absolutely. And um, I'm sure the same is with you, but it's it's, it's very true with me that because now I'm not on a, a podcast that I was on five days a week, and we got a lot of downloads, obviously, at ESPN. There's a lot of those people out there that aren't into fantasy, but they're they're still interested in hearing what we have to say about the game and news and injuries. And, you know, we'll, we'll break down games during the regular season, of course. And, um, you know, every little thing that happens. I mean, we'll, we'll, there's going to be a reaction, but we'll put a dynasty spin on it. And we're also going to bring in guests. We're going to take tweets. You know, and some of the guests might not even play fantasy. Maybe they're going to be draft experts. Maybe they're going to be an old buddy of mine from ESPN, or somebody you know, or whoever that can just give us some insight on the Eagles, the the Redskins, whatever, and we can use it for our advantage in the dynasty world.
0: Yep, that sounds great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Let's um let's just go ahead and dive into some dynasty coverage. And um, with the playoffs nearly wrapped up, just just that one big game coming up um, later this week. let's look back at the playoffs and think about some players who um, maybe have seen their, their dynasty value rise as a result of their performance in the playoffs or, or even the last few weeks of the season. Um, To me, the, the big riser over the last um, month or two has to be David Johnson, the the rookie running back from Arizona. Um, One of my roles at dynasty league football is to, um, help create the some dynasty ADP, some average draft position data. Uh, we do several mocks, mock drafts each month, and through those we gather this ADP data just to just to tell us, to tell our readers how players are currently being valued. And, um, you know, just after one season, David Johnson is already being drafted as the running back three in dynasty with an, an overall ADP of 21. So that, that puts him in the mid-second round. Uh, Matt, what do you think of Johnson, uh, and what do you think of that dynasty value being placed on him already?
1: Yeah, and and I kind of had a rocky road with this guy, to be honest with you, because coming out of Northern Illinois, remember just a year ago, I mean, he lit up the Senior Bowl. I mean, that's kind of when he burst on the scene, Northern Iowa. You know, I mean, if you didn't watch his game against Iowa in his senior year, you probably didn't know who he was. And that's when he became kind of a household name, especially in the dynasty community and the draft community, of course. And, you know, I didn't love him. I mean, I didn't take him in any of my rookie drafts. Uh, I thought that he was a exceptional receiver, a big, strong, fast, straight line guy. But I don't think he's particularly elusive. I didn't think he was a really good interior runner despite his size. And he still doesn't run inside all that much. And he runs a little bit high. All those things being said, you know, uh, I've been getting begged on Twitter. Matt, when's your dynasty ranks coming out? You know, and so I started fiddling with him. And he's my third, he's still my third running back. And part of it's because if you start doing dynasty ranks on running backs, they're bad. I mean, there's not a lot of quality there. It's not like receiver. Your 30th receiver is really a good player and an asset where your 10th ranked overall running back is so, so, but I've on Bell ahead of him. I've Todd Gurley ahead of him. I, I don't know ADP as well, nearly as well as you do, which is a big reason I wanted to do this with you because I think it's a huge tool. I assume those are the two backs ahead of him, but his, his situation's just ideal. And, he catches a ton of passes. He's going to be their short yardage back. I think that offense is going to score a ton of points. He's a little more impressive, no doubt than I expected him to be as well, but I don't love the talent. So that again, brings us to the next part, part is let's say you own them and, and, and I'm going to go in a little bit more of a rant here. The way I look at dynasty is like the stock market. I'm not married to any player at all. and, I look at all their values and it changes it by the week. It changes by the month. It happens exactly like after the draft. For example, I mean, Freeman, his his stock fell like crazy the second Atlanta drafted Coleman last year, you know, and I went out and I bought him, you know, because I bought low on him. So a guy like Johnson to me, I would not be in the buying mode because he's so expensive. You know, I said a lot of good things about him. I do think he's the third running back, you know, in, in on my list, but if I owned him, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't hesitate at all to throw him on the trading block and see what you can get back because it might be a lot.
0: Right, I I agree with nearly everything you said. He's he's my running back 3 as well in in my rankings. Um at the same time I would I would have a hard time paying that second round startup price for him. Um and again, like you said, we'll get into this you know over the coming weeks, but I like to build my teams around young wide receivers, yeah. and while he's my running back three, there's probably a dozen uh, wide receivers, and maybe maybe even more than that, that I would uh, take before Johnson.
1: And, and so, for those that don't understand, I mean, when you're saying he's a second-round startup, let's say and there's 12 of us starting a new dynasty league. Generally speaking, he would go, what, early second round? Is that what the ADP is telling us right, right now? 21, so, so the middle okay. middle latter part of the second round. So, I mean, that that means you're taking him over, you know, around the area of uh, Sammy Watkins and Alshon Jeff, you know, some of these young, really impressive wide receivers. And like you, and this is, you know, Dynasty 101, I don't want my assets to be tied up in running backs because they don't last. They're, you can find cheap guys. I mean, Thomas Rawls, I mean, it's the same argument as the NFL, that if I'm in a startup, I'm not using a first-round pick on a running back. I'm probably not using the first four rounds on a running back.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, One of the scary things is, if you think back back about those, uh, you mentioned, I mentioned the second round ADPs. A year ago, that was Jeremy Hill. He had the second round ADP. The year before that, Giovanni Bernard had the second round ADP. And both of those players have have lost some significant value um, in that time since. So Running backs in general uh, are not something I'm going to place a high value on. I'm not going to invest a lot of assets either in a draft or in a trade in most running backs. So that's kind of where we stand with Johnson. Let's look at some other players who have been rising. Um, what about C.J. Anderson in in Denver? He entered the year um, as – most people viewed him as one of the safest safest running backs in the league I, I even remember in in redraft league he was getting some buzz as maybe the the top overall pick um last, last off season and he was considered a bust early on, but just like he did a year ago, he's kind of coming on at the end of the at the end of the season. What do you think about anderson?
1: see I'm a fan there and I think his price, if anything, is undervalued and there was he's actually somebody I did target early this year and got I don't remember what I paid for them, but I got them reasonably on the cheap. And, and the reason I like them, well, who knows who their quarterback's going to be? I mean, that that's going to be something we'll get to too. I assume Manning's retiring. Osweiler's a free agent. We don't know, but Kubiak is going to be their head coach. And, and Kubiak's track record with a running game is fantastic. And as bad as that offensive line is, they got a lot better with that zone blocking scheme as the season went on. So. I'm a believer. I mean, I believe that they will become a very good rushing team. I don't think that they're going to go out and spend a premium asset on another running back. You know, they still have Hillman. Um, I think CJ is the guy and I think he's a much better player than Hillman. So uh, he battled some injuries earlier this year when he was looking bad, but he's fresh now and he's playing the best of the the season. I I think he's the real deal.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's, he is a buy, um, mostly because his price, his cost is not nearly as high as a a guy like David Johnson. So his current ADP is 76 overall. That puts him in that, uh, I believe, that seventh round range of a startup draft. He's the 25th running back off the board. Um, So I I would kind of expect that to change uh, in the the next month or two. Uh, You mentioned Hillman. We'll talk about him a little bit more, but – there's a chance he he leaves Denver and if that happens I could really see Anderson's uh, stock rising
1: yeah and and if Hillman leaves of course they're going to bring somebody else in you know they're not going to just go in with nothing I mean that's something people need to realize too is it's not like Matt Forte's leaving so Jeremy Langford's going to be the starter and there's no chance possibility that the Bears bring anybody else in I mean there's a chance I mean there's always going to be a, a revolving door there it shocks me though, because I'm pulling up my ranks, which are fresh and I'm still moving them around a lot. But I have Anderson's like 12th running back. I mean, I, I'm really high on him.
0: All right. What about um over in Seattle? They they were um they were bounced in the playoffs, but what about Tyler Lockett, the rookie wide receiver? He does a little bit of everything for that team. He's he scored he scored receiving touchdowns, he scored punt punt return and kickoff return touchdowns this year. He's currently the wide receiver thirty-seven with an ADP of sixty-one overall. Uh, he's another player that I feel like his value is rising. Um, what do you see in his near future?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan. And again, this goes back to real football: is what's going on in Seattle right now? Big picture, defense is going to be a constant. It's still going to be a very good defense. They've led the league in defense, you know, yards against now what four years in a row. Uh, they'll bring back the majority of that crew. Lynch isn't going to get, isn't going to be back. Offensive line's a major problem. We saw it this, the last month or so, the last two months of the season. This is now Russell Wilson's offense, 100%. And they're going to throw a lot more. They're not reliant on a back. Wilson's getting much better. So if you look at their team, they have to resign a couple of defensive tackles. Their offensive line's in shambles. And, they, you know, Akun's a free agent. I would imagine priority one, two, three this offseason is getting a better offensive line. And instead of and living with a, a Rawls, um, Kristen Michael, maybe Fred Jackson to bring back. Like I, I don't think they're going to bring back a, a big back in 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 the, in free agency, but I do worry a little bit that they could use a receiver because Javon or not Javon Jermaine Curse is is a free agent and. As good as Baldwin played, I think that's a little bit smoke and mirrors, where I don't think Lockett's smoke and mirrors, and I value Lockett more than I do Baldwin in dynasties. Um, but I do think that they need to add a big pass catcher of some sort, and, and Jimmy Graham's not a guy they can count on. Him.
0: Yeah, it's actually seemed like they played better ball when Graham and Lynch were out of the lineup. Yeah,
1: yeah they absolutely did. I mean, I, I think that's undeniable.
0: So let's move on to New England. Uh, they fell one game short of making the Super Bowl. Um, I was shocked in, in that game uh, last week against Denver how much they used James White in the passing game. They just continued to go to him. He, um, you know he he didn't make many catches in that game, but he he has had some big games, especially as a receiver out of the backfield this year. Um, really, the whole. New England backfield. What do you what do you see next year in that backfield? And do you think White really has any value? I do, but
1: I don't think he's the guy. I mean, I'm a big Deion Lewis fan. I mentioned I was a kid. Deion came in after I left by a couple of years. But I was super impressed with him this past year. By all accounts, his rehab is going well. And I look at that backfield and think, White is there going to be their fallback. And well, first of all, what do the Patriots do in their, their backfield? They, they basically have two different positions of running backs. They've got your receiver and they got your huge dude. You know, they got your Dylan or your Blunt, and Blunt's a free agent. So I think one of their big offseason needs is, and maybe it's going to be their second round pick, you know, they don't have a first round pick, is a big power back. They're going to add somebody that's not currently on the roster. And I think their receiving back is White until Lewis is ready. And I think they win that game with Lewis. You know, White had 14 or 16 targets or something in the AFC championship game, and Brady was partially to blame too. But I think White's flashed enough since he's gotten the opportunity that he might hold down the fort until Lewis is ready. And lastly, as bad as their offensive line looks, if you look at where they're going to be on offensive line next year, I bet it's not that big a problem. And I bet they add a free agent interior guy. They get Solder back, they move Volmer back to right tackle. They've used a handful of in- or mid, uh, mid draft picks the last two years on guards and centers. So I think that offense will be much better than what we saw of late when they were really in shambles. And I also think they'll add a speed receiver.
0: Yeah. actually, I saw um, Marvin Jones mentioned as a possible target for them. I thought that would be interesting.
1: Yeah. I hadn't heard that, but my immediate reaction was LaFell's probably gone. He's in the doghouse. He's kind of expensive. I'd much rather have Jones, and they're one of those teams that they're awfully attractive to free agents. I mean, they'll take a little less to go play with Brady and, you know, end up in the playoffs.
0: Right, right. Well, let's uh, let's move over to some players who are maybe losing value in these in the playoffs or in the, the latter part of the season. We've already mentioned a couple of Broncos. Let's start with the quarterback, uh, Brock Osweiler. You know, everybody's assuming Peyton Manning's going to retire, especially if they can find a way to win – uh, win that game later this week but Osweiler is entering free agency so uh, you know I think this is one of the huge storylines of the off season. Uh if Manning's gone do they stick with Osweiler do they give him a big contract that most free agent quarterbacks are going to require or do they go another direction and if yeah, so just, what what is hard. that yeah this is hairy I mean they're going to
1: they're gonna pick either 30 or 31. You know, they're not going to get get their guy in the draft, obviously. They're a contender. They've got a lot of free agents. I mean, Von Miller, Malik Jackson. I mean, expensive guys, you know, that they have to keep back to keep this thing rolling. Um, Manning is not going to be a Bronco. I mean, whether he retires or not, he's not in the picture, I don't think. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, I mean, I still think they say buy your cup. You know, I mean, no matter how well he plays on Sunday, whatever happens. So that really only leaves you with Osweiler, and we see this around the league a lot. I mean, Washington's kind of going through the same thing. I mean, do I believe Kirk Cousins is a superstar? No, not at all. I mean, do I believe Osweiler show me enough to give him twelve million a year or a three or four year deal or you know what somebody else would give him? No. I mean, uh, he scares me, he scares me quite a bit. But my hunch is he comes back to Denver. And we'll be throwing to Emmanuel Thomas and Demarius you know, or, or Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas and on a good running game and will be a productive fantasy player for you. But I, I can't say I'm excited about him or De- or Denver's situation at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, I totally agree again. Um, you know, he's a guy who basically had no value most of nice. his career. He's been sitting behind Manning. He got that chance to start. Um I believe he started seven or eight games this season, and his value spiked. He went from, you know, a, a waiver wire guy to some people were ranking him in the top 15 quarterbacks, uh, dynasty quarterbacks. So, you know, once Manning is gone, which, which, like you said, he definitely will be one way or another. Uh, once Manning is gone, if Osweiler stays, if they re-sign him, we'll see that value spike again. Uh, if it's me, if he's on my roster, and, and he is on a few of my rosters, I would take advantage of that that spike and and go ahead and sell him if I can get a a second round pick and a a second round rookie pick I would be all over that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair one because you know, I mentioned Cousins um it was right before their wild card game Washington I traded him for an early second and was thrilled to do it, you know. I mean, quarterbacks like, you know, kind of we haven't talked about this, but anyone who plays fantasy realizes there's a lot of quarterbacks out there you can win with and, you know, draft picks are gold and I would move, I would move Osweiler for any second right now. And even the second Manning retires or is released, I would still take that. Although it wouldn't blow me away if we're talking one year from now and Osweiler isn't a top 15 quarterback. That wouldn't blow me away, nor would I have buyer's remorse or seller's remorse.
0: Such right. Well, there, there aren't many quarterbacks that are even worth a first round pick and, in dynasty and when we say first round pick we're talking rookie picks um there's not many quarterbacks that are worth the first round pick so yeah osweiler would definitely be in that second round range uh as as a ceiling uh what about the running back hillman he he's a free agent he he's looked good uh at times this year but um seems like he hit a wall at the end of the season he did have his best season ever is there a market for him outside of denver um or, or is he just another guy
1: Yeah, I mentioned that he'd be back, and I think he will be, but, I mean, we don't know that, obviously. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I think he's a spot player. I don't think he's that Green, Dion, Lewis, white receiving type back, even though he's smaller. He's not wonderful in protection. So, I mean, you look at the free agent market, there's a lot of free agent to be running backs, and we'll probably do a show just on this topic before free agent opens, you know. But, like, Doug Martin, Lamar Miller, Matt Forte, I mean, there's a handful of those guys that clearly are above Hillman.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty much a nothing for me in Dynasty. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a large number of guys who I, I say they have roster value, meaning they're worthy of a roster spot, but that's about it. Um, Hillman's in that group for me. Uh, I, I don't think he's on any waiver wires in any of my leagues. He's rostered in everyone, but he's not a guy you feel good about starting. He's not a guy you're going to get really anything in a trade for. So um, that that's where he stands now. And, you know, if he does land in, in a great spot somehow, then he's another guy who I would sell if there's a value spike. Yeah, and, and these guys happen in Dynasty. There's so many guys on your roster. If you have
1: them, you're not going to cut them. You know I mean? And so – if you have any kind of interest from anybody, I think you move them. I mean, I would take a third round pick for them or, you know, a, a move I love to do is give me a 2017 pick. You know, some guys in your league would be like, Oh, who? that's so far away. Who cares? You know, I'll take a 2017 for Hillman. And the other thing that people don't realize too, especially during the season when things are a little more fluid is you make a deal like that. Not only do you get a third round pick, but you get a roster spot and you get the best available free agent too. So the difference between the best non-rostered player in your league and Hillman isn't that great. And then, oh by the way, you pick up a third-round pick at seventeen. That I'm going to package up to a second-round pick, anyways. You know, and get a real player.
0: Right. That that's a good point. Those uh, those roster spots are so valuable, especially right. in the off-season when you're you're shuffling through and making room for draft picks and and things like that. Uh, one really interesting one to me. mention
1: that real quick too, though, Ryan. Like you said. When it's rookie draft time, you have to cut some players, you know, and the, not everyone probably knows that they're not a, a regular dynasty guy, but you got five big draft picks. When your rookie draft rolls around, you got to cut some guys on your roster. And sometimes those guys are quality players. You know, that's a tough thing to do. Roster space is a huge component of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, what about Carson Palmer? He, he obviously had a great season. One of, one of his best seasons ever. He stayed healthy. He led that team, that Arizona team to, um, to the best offensive numbers in the league, I believe. And, uh, or, or at least near the top. And then he basically fell apart um, against Carolina against that, that defense and, and Cam Newton in the offense. I, I saw a lot of, People questioning and and asking, can he recover from this? So, you know, he's a veteran. He's been in this league a long time. That was a little crazy that, you know, I, th- I was really surprised that people were questioning if he could recover like this one game was going to just defeat him and and essentially end his career. career. What yeah. do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I don't buy that. I mean, it was a Jake Gilmore like performance. I mean, it was an awful, awful game, clearly, and he hadn't played well for a couple of weeks. I mean, go back to week 17 against Seattle, they got blew out, blown out. And he was he was making poor decisions and he had a finger problem for these last month or so. But my thoughts on that are, you know, for dynasty are he left, just left a terrible taste in everyone's mouth. And he's an old guy. If I can get him cheap right now, I mean, that's what I want at quarterback. Give me the the Palmers and the Rivers and those type of guys that don't cost anything, and I'll start them all next year. I mean, he put up phenomenal numbers, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't again next year. I mean, he, if you can get him on the cheap on a draft day deal or something like that, and you need a starting quarterback, I'll take it. You know, you only, you only get one year out of him, but you might win the league because of it.
0: Right, he's definitely a year-to-year guy, um, you know, at his age and and with his injury history. But um, I just didn't didn't buy into the, you know, can he recover narrative. One thing that surprised me on on Palmer, kind of going the other direction. These these ADP mock drafts that we did were uh, at the beginning of January. So we do those at the beginning of each month. This was obviously long before this game against Carolina, Palmer was drafted as the quarterback 12. So the 12th overall quarterback, um, we would, we would call that quarterback one range, meaning the top 12 quarterbacks, the top 12 uh, players at any position, we would call those quarterback one, running back one and so on. So he was in that quarterback one range. He's, he's ahead of Phillip rivers, ahead of Matt Ryan, uh, who both had somewhat disappointing seasons, but are, are still quite, you know, quite a bit younger um, I think Rivers maybe is a couple of years younger at least, and you know the those are both players on on good solid offenses as well. So the quarterback twelve seemed really high for uh for Palmer in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I bet right the second it's lower than that. You know, I mean because of what we saw in the last month. Um, yeah, I'm with you, you know, but there's a lot of people in that range, the Eli's of the world and Romo's and I mean, Tom Brady's higher than those, but I mean, he's not much different than, than Balmer in terms of what he gives you week to week for a fantasy squad or how expensive he would be to acquire and maybe only get two or three years out of them. But you know, I don't love clogging my roster with the EJ manuals and, you know, I mean, uh, guys like Blake Bortles and Winston are different because I think that they're quality NFL players here on out. But, you know, some of these taking a, a, a quarterback reasonably high in a rookie draft and hope he hits, uh, that's a rough scenario. I would much rather trade a two thirds or a second round pick or something for a guy like Palmer and just live with, we, you know, like you said, year to year at that position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> um well, let's move on from the current NFL players who are rising and, and falling in value, and let's look back at at the Senior Bowl, the Senior Bowl, uh, the practices, the game, of course, all taking place in the last week, and uh, just want to share some thoughts on on some of those players. Um, th- really, the star, the most talked about player, if you saw any of that coverage or, or followed any of that, was um, the quarterback Carson Wentz. Um, he he started. He uh, he he was just the talk of the week, and I'm seeing and hearing people say how his value has climbed as a re- result of this week of practice, and and some people are even pegging him as the favorite to be taken by Cleveland at two, who who just seem uh, certain to grab a quarterback now. So, uh, Matt, with your history, your history in Cleveland, um, I, I've seen and heard you talk about uh the the quarterback carousel there um you know any thoughts you might have on went on Carson Wentz a- and then also just just that pressure of finding a, a quarterback when you're an NFL team
1: yeah obviously the browns are the worst example ever for this you know i mean i was there in the jeff garcia era Uh, They had just drafted Luke McCown right before I arrived, and the draft class that I was part of, we drafted Charlie Fry. (laughs) So, you know, none of those guys panned out. Nobody's panned out there. Charlie and I actually were at Akron together. and So I was a – Browns fans can kind of blame me a little bit. I had a little bit to do with them drafting Charlie Fry. Um, (laughs) But no team needs a quarterback more. And this goes back to our old discussion. I mean, just think what the Browns would pay for Cousins or Osweiler. You know, I mean, they're not the answer. They're not franchise-type quarterbacks, but they're a heck of a lot better than what some teams are playing with. So that's why they're going to go back to Washington. That's why they're going to go back to Denver. As for Wentz, you know, you're on top of the rookies more than I am, you know, and and I'll get around to it. But my schedule basically, and it goes back to these last 10 years at ESPN, was this time of year I'm writing Super Bowl articles like crazy, and I still am, um, for fanrag.com. Um, And then I really get into the free agents because I'm basically an NFL scout where McShay and Kuyper were were our college guys. So I didn't get into college scouting basically until free agency wrapped up. And this year I'm going to try to advance that a little bit. But I still am. I'm probably on step two or three out of 10 with scouting all these guys, including Wentz. Um, Next year I'll be at the Senior Bowl, I think. And it'd be good to go back. It's been six years or so. Um, I did watch all the practices. I watched the games. I, I know some people down there have talked to, have read a lot. Uh, he's very impressive, you know, and, and I don't have a great scouting report on him now, but there's no doubt in my mind that Cleveland's going to take a quarterback at two, and once again, Johnny gets in trouble today again, too. I mean, he's not going to be back, so they're going to roll the dice again on the quarterback position. I assume it'll be Goff or it'll be Wentz.
0: Right. And uh, so so Wentz is a guy played for North North Dakota State. He started the past two years, won uh, national championships on on that uh, lower collegiate level, both of those seasons. You know, obviously some some. Big positives there Um, with him playing at at the smaller school, obviously, it's tough to see him as much as. You know, we might see some of these other players who are on TV every Saturday. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm like you. I'm still I'm still scouting. I'm still uh, learning what I can about Wentz and and about all of these guys. But what I do know is is kind of what you mentioned earlier. I just don't know that I want any quarterback in this rookie class considering the possible landing spots. So, you know, it, if Cleveland takes Wentz or if they take Golf at number two, you know, do you really want the Cleveland quarterback on your, on your fantasy roster. Um, and I just don't, um, unless he's coming very, very cheap in those rookie drafts. So that's kind of where I'm standing with, with basically all of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, along with, I mentioned our dynasty ADP that we have over at, um, DLF dynasty league football. We also have some rookie ADP and, the first quarterback is coming off the board 16th overall. So, you know, people are not even considering any quarterbacks until 16. That's Jared Goff from Cal and uh, Paxton Lynch is in there. So it's, you know, it's, it's a while. We could see Carson Wentz as as an early third rounder in some of these rookie drafts, even if he does go number two overall, number four overall to, to Dallas or something like that.
1: Yeah, I guess that's certainly possible, and I've said many times that the Browns have the worst passing personnel in the league, and obviously quarterback has something to do with that, but he could get to Cleveland, and they get Josh Gordon back, who somebody we'll talk about down the road too. I mean, he's a really interesting dynasty player right now, and that, that won't be today's show, but it wouldn't shock me if they use a second pick in the draft on a quarterback, and they don't beat out Josh McCown. McCown's not a terrible player
0: yeah yeah absolutely. Uh, I, I mean again though, in, just in general, you know the teams that could take a quarterback, Cleveland at two, Dallas at four, um, I just don't know that I want those quarterbacks. Um, let's move on though. let's talk about Braxton Miller so he's he's a former Ohio State quarterback now now former Ohio State wide receiver. he, he made that transition this year, had a huge game in in their opening game this past season and, and then was relatively quiet. Uh, through much of the season, you know, had had modest stats, and and uh, you know, I, I guess I want to know more from you about that position switch. Did did you ever, you know, was was that ever part of your experience? Someone switching positions like that, uh, specifically quarterback to wide receiver.
1: I mean, sort of. You know, I'm here in Pittsburgh, where I saw Heinz Ward and Randall L. I mean, just as a fan and being you know, being in town, obviously. Um, when when I was with the Browns, that was the year. Matt Jones came out, and we were super high on him. I mean, people aren't going to tell you that, but we loved him as a receiver. You know, he was a quarterback at Arkansas. He had off-the-field issues galore, obviously, that we did not Not everybody knew about at the time. Um, I don't think it's an unbelievably difficult transition, and I think Miller was extremely impressive. Um, one senior bowl lesson I learned being down there, though, I remember when Sonoris Moss was there, I was like, boy, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's a great pick well, people aren't banging at the line of scrimmage. There's not a lot of 11-on-11. 11 11. There's not tackling, you know. And so the real athletic, super quick guys get a little artificial bump at the Senior Bowl, too, because it's a practice, you know. And Miller didn't do anything in the game, but he was nursing a calf muscle, too. I mean, if you watch his Thursday practices, he was limping around a good bit. Uh, my, I even put this on Twitter. was, And I don't know the draft yet well enough, but Dallas coached him in the Senior Bowl, I can't see them passing on him with their early second round pick, you know, put him next to Bryant. Uh, that To me, that's a great fit.
0: Yeah. He does seem, he does seem like he's a guy that's gaining value. And in those rookie um, mock drafts that I mentioned earlier, he was um, going in the late second round. You know, I think with this kind of this positive buzz of this past week of practice, I wouldn't be surprised if he was sneaking into the late first round um, you know, by the time rookie drafts come come around and, and if he lands in Dallas with that second round pick, I, I definitely think that would be the case.
1: Yeah, I would I would give up the two six or beyond for him right this second, not knowing his landing spot and feel very comfortable with it because it wouldn't shock you, too. I mean, he may get a, little, a few more carries than the average receiver. He's probably going to throw eight to ten passes a year, too, maybe throws a touchdown or two for you a year. I mean, that, that's... Just another added bonus in the fantasy world. I know a player you want to bring up and was pretty impressive there too is Kenneth Dixon. Would you rather Miller or Dixon this second not knowing where they're going to be for your rookie draft?
0: Um, again, I'm a guy who always builds around and, and kind of leans towards wide receivers, so I would probably prefer Miller, but Dixon's another guy who's gaining value. He had reportedly had a great week of practice um, and I think there's you know, Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State, he's the top guy. He's going to be the first or second rookie pick in basically every dynasty rookie draft. Um, Derrick Henry, the Heisman winner, is most likely going to be that second running back off the board. Uh, That may not be the case in the NFL draft, but I I do think that's probably what's going to happen in in rookie drafts. And and then there's a bit of a gap, a, a question as to who's going to be that running back three. And I think I think Kenneth Dixon has kind of stated his case this week um, that maybe it should be him. He might be right. And again, you know way more about
1: those guys and the other running backs that weren't there than I do. Um, I I saw a fair amount of, of them. I'm excited to see more. To me, it's still an incomplete grade as it is with all these guys for me. I mean, I'm just behind and yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's a late, first-round rookie pick, though. You know, I mean, if he lands in the right spot and doesn't have a lot in front of him. But look around the league. I mean, where would that be? There's not a lot of spots where he would just land and be like, man, he's just going to take over as a lead running back. I mean, there's there's a lot of competition at that position right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of quarterbacks who I had not really considered as as a dynasty owner, but both kind of stated their case this week as well. Uh, Dak Prescott, a uh, guy out of Mississippi State, and then Jacoby Brissett from NC State. Um, Brissett had had again reportedly a, a great week of practice, and then Prescott won the games uh, MOP award as most outstanding player. So, like you said, it's tough to take too much from that game. You know, those they're trying to spread snaps out among all the players there, give everybody a shot. And um, but both of those fared. I guess better than I I would have expected. I wasn't even sure if if either guy could play quarterback in the league, and I think they're both probably still late round guys. But um, you know their their stock is on the rise, which is what you want this time of year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and their their stock will only go up. I mean, if they can show a little bit, you know, NFL teams are going to take them a round or two too early because they're running because they're a quarterback, obviously, and stash them to develop them. Um, And like you, I'm not going to use many rookie picks on quarterbacks ever. But, hey, I got Russell Wilson in the fourth round one time. (laughs) You know I mean? That doesn't mean you ignore these guys either. I mean, let's say Prescott, totally hypothetical. Let's say the Bills use a fifth-round pick on him. Tyrod Taylor runs a lot. He blows out a knee. Dak, you're the guy. All of a sudden, you know, he might be an every-week starter. You know, you don't even have to be a great football player to be in that situation. So you have to be very aware of all these things.
0: Yeah, we've definitely – definitely seen some desperation at quarterback um this past season with you know matt castle brandon whedon guys like that getting right. getting some starts um and and somehow having some fantasy value at least in two quarterback leagues um which we'll dive into those uh, sometime in the future as well uh, the last guy i wanted to talk about is the uh the running back out of alabama not derrick henry not the heisman winner but uh his, his teammate Kenyon drake um Super fast guy. Um, I know you probably. We all saw him in the national championship yeah. take off on that that long touchdown. Uh, I'm just not sure he can do uh, much more. You know, he's. I've seen the comparisons to Reggie Bush, but I don't think he has Bush's hands uh, as far as catching the ball. So, he's probably a guy I'm going to stay away from. Have Have you gotten to see much of him?
1: Yeah, and this is our first podcast together, and we've agreed on a lot of things. I was hoping you were going to like him because I wanted to disagree with you. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, he's got big playability. I bet he goes to the combine and runs a good time and people get excited about him. But he doesn't look at all developed in the in the passing game uh, as a route runner. There was a couple people that there that were saying he's the worst in protection here by far. So you can't put him on the field. I mean, it, it, he's not going to be your lead back. He's not going to be your first and 10 guy. He's not that dynamic. And how do you put him on the field in third downs? I mean, I could see his rookie season being return guy or inactive most of the time.
0: Yeah, and that pass protection that you mentioned is, is something, you know, fantasy players, dynasty players often ignore. Um, but it, it's so crucial, like you said, you know, if you can't protect that quarterback, then you're not going to play, you know, no matter how fast you are or, or, or anything. So that's something – we often and myself included we often overlook and uh, but it is it is so crucial
1: yeah and i think that's something we'll be able to bring to the table in this podcast that most won't is hey i mean we'll tell you how it's fitting the offense is if he can't pass block he's going to be inactive i mean that's just the facts you can't get your quarterback killed and he's not good enough to even consider it
0: yeah yeah exactly well matt our time flew by today um I
1: think that's going to be a regular thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that will be the case. We've got some, uh, we are going to do another show later this week. We're going to, uh, get Matt's thoughts on the Super Bowl, um, talk some real football. We'll also talk about some rookie running backs coming up later this week. Um, we want to take some of your, uh, trade questions or, or even completed trades via Twitter. We'll be, um, be asking for that information on Twitter. And, um, You know, just until then, Matt, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Yeah. And more importantly, I would imagine most people listening are following me on Twitter at Williamson NFL. I I tweet out all my articles and all my radio hits across the country and whatnot. I've been writing for fan rag, but you know, I, I do want us to take some, some trades right now. There's a lot of trade action in the dynasty community this time of year, people are making moves before their rookie drafts and whatnot, but our, our, Our Twitter handle there is going to be at Dino Blueprint, Dino Blueprint. And if you address them there, uh, we'll look through some of the best ones, some of the more controversial ones. I'm sure you and I will side on different sides of those. And, of course, they're going to be different per, per team. Are you a rebuilder or, you know, give us a little bit of background what you're trying to do here, too. Are you trying to win it all this year or what are you doing? But, yeah, I mean, I'm not hard to find. And I'm sure everybody out there will be starting to follow you real heavy now, too.
0: Yeah, well, if you want to do that, I am on Twitter at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, M-C, 23. And you can read my work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back next time.